Welcome to the Med Street Journal. Hello and welcome to another very special episode of the Med Street Journal podcast. My name is Rodney Hu. This podcast is sponsored by Open Loop, a trusted partner for telehealth companies across the U.S. looking to launch and scale their virtual care services. Check them out at openloophealth.com. And today I'm joined by another very special guest, Mrs. Cherie Kloss, the CEO and founder of Snap Nurse. So I'm excited to have her on today, give her an opportunity to share what they're doing over at Snap Nurse and the impact that they're trying to leave on the healthcare space. That being said, welcome to the podcast. All right. I started off in healthcare. I was an anesthetist for 17 years, working all around the Atlanta area, picking up contract work. What that means is just shifts here and there before the Uber days of just gig work, as you might say. I just remember when Uber came on the scene realizing that there was a big opportunity to do the very same thing in healthcare staffing, especially with the dire nurse shortage that has occurred over the last five years and continues to get worse. Mobilizing nurses that can fill empty shifts are willing to work, pick up extra shifts and or want to work more of a contract lifestyle where they um, go from place to place working 13 weeks at a time. And making that lifestyle very easy was something that I wanted to solve. So I created Snap Nurse, which is a healthcare staffing technology platform that allows nurses and other healthcare staffing personnel to sign up and get pick up any kind of jobs from one day here and there to weeks at a time. Awesome. So you have a background as a healthcare professional and live in that travel lifestyle. So what kind of made you want to transition from the clinical sort of work to being an entrepreneur, a business owner, so to say? Well, I've always been an entrepreneur lifelong. Even when I was in doing healthcare, I had a business, media business, where I sold reality television for 10 years, ended up selling like $38 million worth of reality television to major cable networks. So I always had the bug of being my own businesswoman and being my own boss. But when reality TV was spiraling down the drain, I knew that I need to go a different direction, really love the technology world and wanted to see how I can solve some serious healthcare problems using technology. Nice. Fast forward, you guys are at Snap Nurse. You've seen some holes in the healthcare staffing market, and so you decided to just create your own solution to the problem. It's more than just healthcare staffing. You guys can mix technology into it as well. So let's talk about that. And what sort of technology have you guys created and the value that you guys bring to the healthcare? So everything that we build in our technology is to solve a, a problem. For example, credentialing. When I used to do contract work, I used to carry all my credentials in a manila folder and I would either be faxing them or scanning and emailing them to facilities of which they would then print out and promptly lose. And the process was very arduous. In some cases, it took me almost three months to get credentialed in some locations. So creating an online platform was one of the first things we wanted to solve. So that nurses can go in there, apply very easily, upload all their credentials, and then the facilities would have access to that in a very easy manner, making them compliant as well. They're not losing things via facts and exposing healthcare data. That's one piece. The next piece is when I was a contract worker, I, I used to have 11 different places to work. And one of the locations always paid me a paper check at the end of every shift. And I just thought that was so great and satisfying to those days where you just don't feel like going to work. And you're like, oh, I'm just going to get up because I know I'm going to get a paper check at the end of this shift. And I'd always wait to see if that particular pain center 
booked me so that I could get my paper check, even though it was $5 less an hour. So it's like <laughs> not the smartest thing to do, but the mentality of that made me realize that one of the first pieces of technology we built was our Instapay platform, which is the ability to get paid after an approved time card immediately at the end of your shift, right into your bank account. So payment is the platform, payment like the Mint Leaf, but this Instapay platform has really set us apart as a uh, staffing agency because our nurses, they love Instapay so much, they actually do memes about it and they call it Instabay like BAE. And then we have other pieces to our technology like workforce management and as well as applicant tracking just to make the overall process very simple and easy. That's awesome. And now I know you guys are called SNAP nurse, so obviously you guys have nurses, but are nurses just the main professionals that you guys work with or do you staff other sort of positions for hospitals? 75% of our staff that we source are nurses. The other 25% consists of certified nurse assistants or CNAs, LPNs, which are licensed practical nurses, as well as allied health, anything from physical therapists to occupational therapists. We've done even admin staff, anything that you can find within the walls of a hospital, we've staffed, even as far reach as cooks and housekeeping. Nice. <laughs> So you guys are just full service, like whatever gaps there are in the market, you guys just aim to fill them. I see that why SNAP nurse would be interesting to like nurses because there's more opportunities for them to create that lifestyle for them, especially if they love traveling and exploring new things. But what sort of value does SNAP nurse have for the hospitals who are looking for people? And how do you guys separate yourselves from other staffing agents? Our big differentiator is that we can provide them with nurses in a much quicker turnaround time. What normally takes 11 to 14 days takes us 36 hours to turn around a nurse and place them into a facility. So we provide what we call rapid response services to our facilities who critically need to have a nurse immediately. That was what our huge push was during last year of 2020, where a lot of the nurses were getting sick or just quit off the job in terms of their employees, and they needed to fill with agency staff and they needed it right away. So our agency kicked into gear, was able to provide them nurses in sometimes 24 hours turnaround time. So that's our biggest differentiator. So the value to hospitals is when they really need to have a short-term staffing and they need it fast, that's what we can help them with. We can provide them with all the staff from, like I said, anything within a hospital wall, we can help them. Oh, that's awesome. And so obviously you have your background in the healthcare space, but now you're the CEO, you're putting together a company, but obviously you can't do it by yourself. It takes a team to build something of this magnitude. So I want to give you an opportunity to speak on some of the key members who helped you grow Snap Nurse to where it's at. Yes, definitely. My chief operating officer, Jeff Richards, we actually went to school together at Emory University School of Medicine over 20 years ago, and he worked at Grady Hospital and I was actually trying to get him to use Snap Nurse. I convinced him instead to join the team and he joined and he's been with me ever since the very beginning. And my chief technology officer was the first one was Edwin Marcial, who's the former founding CTO of Intercontinental Exchange or ICE. He helped me put together an A plus tech team of which now the new CTO is from ICE, David Burton. And so I've had the same tech team since the very first line of code, of course, expanded it to about 50. John Spears is our head of sales. He's been instrumental to our success. And Sean Hammond joined our team recently last year as a CFO, and he's helped us 
in our scaling because we know we grew 40,000% last year and we needed a CFA to step in and help us with making sure all of our I's were dotted and our T's were crossed. Nice. Awesome. So you guys have been building the foundation. You got the core team. You understand the problem and where you're heading. Now you guys are focused on scaling, reaching more than just local or what does scaling mean to you? Yes. Yeah, so we started off in the Atlanta market in 2019. In 2020, we expanded to 23 states. Give you an idea of what we scaled. In 2019, we had 20,000 nurses. By the end of 2020, we had 150,000 nurses on the platform. We have over a thousand facilities now in our that we serve in one way or another. They're not all booking at once. Sometimes they'll have needs only like once a month, but in general, we have contracts with all these facilities. So we plan to scale to the rest of the United States, the other 25 plus states, and potentially even expand internationally as well. Cool. That'd be crazy. That'd be pretty cool. So as a CEO, as a leader of the company, of your team, how do you know what to prioritize, what to focus on first? And then how do you go about delegating specific tasks so that you can free up more of your time to focus on high level stuff. That's always been a challenge of mine because I always like to go in there and do it all myself. Oh, I'll do that. No way. I should delegate that piece. So I think just really developing teams that you can rely on when you say, hey, there's this large account over here. I really need you to handle that. And then just making sure that the accounts go smoothly. So focusing on, of course, bringing money in is always important. So as a CEO, I think it's always important to, to know that your job is to make sure money is always coming in, whether that's in the form of revenue or in the form of capital raises. If you want to keep your business alive, you got to keep your eye on that burn rate and and not scale too fast as well. Be responsible with the money that you've raised and or earned. And one of the things that I think makes us an extraordinary company is that we grew very fast, but the entire time we stayed profitable month over month. Yes. Whereas a lot of growth, really a lot of growth companies, they burn through cash to grow. We have nightmares about the days where we didn't have enough cash. So we're very conservative about burning through cash. <laughs> and we also had a hard time raising capital back in the day. So we don't want to be having to even rely on raising capital. And so to this day, we've really raised very little capital. That's crazy. That's pretty cool. And so when you think of Snap Nurse, you guys are your company and then you had to attract nurses, but then you also have to build relationships with the hospitals and the providers. And it's almost like the chicken or the egg. So how do you go about attracting people into your atmosphere, into your ecosystem? Do you find anything that's worked for you guys? Yeah, I definitely believe in the idea of creating small markets. We started in Atlanta, whereas a lot of the tech companies similar to ours, they went wide and shallow, meaning they just got all the nurses, but they didn't have any facility contracts. So the nurses would get frustrated and they wouldn't get any job. Whereas we saw what they were doing wrong and said, we're not going to do that. We're going to only source all these nurses here in Atlanta. We get concentrate all of the facility contracts in Atlanta and have real transactions take place. And we just basically did that same thing over and over again in all the different states. So that at every time there was always the nurses would sign up and not get frustrated. They would have jobs available. 
And the difference between why they would work for our agency and another agency is we do put them in the field very quickly. In fact, that's one of the terms they call us is, oh, uh, I've gotten snapped because they got snapped and like basically started working immediately. Or I want to try snap nursing because it's like they're just immediately thrown into a contract. And so that's something that we, we do very well is we brand it as to our nurses as you sign up here and you're going to get a job. Now, because we have 150,000 nurses we don't have 150,000 jobs but if you're qualified and you have the right license in a certain state that we're trying to, to source for you'll always have a shot to get that job and you can see from the success that we've had that we've put over 10,000 nurses in the field and we're continuing to grow and so from a hospital's viewpoint, having access to that 150,000 pool to choose from, and you guys handle all like the licensing, credentialing, all that stuff on the back end for you guys, which is what makes it easier for them to get placed. I think that's, that's pretty cool. And so when it comes to the hospitals and trying to form connections and relationships with them. How has that process been to you? Is there anything that's really stuck in out to you? It's interesting. We've gotten a lot of referrals because when hospitals are in need, they, they have a, a network of people that say, how did you get your nurses? And we only had one salesperson last year to give an idea. <laughs> and now, of course, we have 15 now, but based on the size of the company we are, that's a very small number of salespeople. Most companies our size have 300 salespeople. So I would say that is a testament to the fact that our brand promise, which is to deliver nurses in a very quick turnaround time has spread like wildfire, even with very few salespeople to the point where we get tons and tons of leads that just come in organic. And once we have those leads, our goal is to deliver 100% fill rates. And if we serve them well, then of course they tell their friends and so on. As long as we keep delivering, we're going to keep scaling in terms of more and more facilities. That's awesome. I think anybody who gets more referrals just goes to prove that there's value in what you're doing. And obviously whatever you're doing, it enough for them to feel comfortable and confident to recommend you to other people. So kudos on that. We've talked about how you started the company, like your background, the team you put together and different strategies and tactics that you use to grow. But obviously as an entrepreneur, CEO, everything's not smooth. So what sort of obstacles have you had to overcome? Is there any challenges that really stuck out to you during this process? Oh yeah, definitely. So many things. When you're growing that fast, doubling, tripling week over week, and you have to pay your nurses. We pay our nurses every single day. That's one of our special unique things about SNAP nurses, work that day, get paid that day. But we don't get paid by the facility for 30 to 60 days. So you can imagine one of the biggest problems we had was, not problems, but challenges that we had overcome was the cash flow and just making sure that we were growing not so fast where we'd bust through our cash, but as fast as we can go without running out of essentially our cash. <laughs> so mm. cash flow is tough when you're growing that that fast and it's scary, right? Because you want to keep growing. Taking on that one more giant client could could put you over the edge. Now we're not in that situation anymore, but I'm talking about the early days of scaling. That was a very big issue. I would say another piece was we had to grow and scale during COVID, which was all, so we didn't really even have an office to grow from 30 people to 300 people, all virtual. And some of these people that are in our company, I've never met face-to-face. -face. I only know them through a Zoom screen. 
<laughs> so, hey, um, it's the normal now. <laughs> it's the normal now, but it was, back then it was uh, in 2020. It was strange. Yeah. Okay. That's interesting. We, we mentioned scaling multiple times throughout this interview, but from a business perspective, how do you know when you've reached that point? when you're ready to scale and when you're ready to really make that push. That's with the advice of many advisors of guiding you on what's the next steps, right? Of course, we want to expand throughout the United States, potentially even through Europe. And that's a, a huge lift in itself. The other way to grow is to do acquisitions, which we're now in the stage where we can be considering that and growing inorganically is what they say. So. I think that's what, when you look at our cash flow, we look at our bandwidth and if we have enough leaders to be able to manage the new amount of business that's going to be coming our way and just making sure it's all balanced enough where if you don't have enough leadership for the business that comes in, then your brand promise starts to slip and then things can start going sideways. It's really important to scale very carefully so that your quality and brand promise doesn't suffer. That's pretty valuable advice. But yeah, we're coming up towards the end and I do have another question relating to advice, but I have one little personal question because my day job, I'm an MRI technologist. So are there any opportunities in the future for MRI techs or CT techs, any technologist opportunities within SnapNurse? Absolutely. We have those right now. So if you want to pick up shifts through the MRI, CT technologies, all of that, we have a, a lot of those uh, positions. Nice. So way more than just nurses, there's more opportunities for everybody out there. But last question before we end the main meet segment part of the podcast is what sort of advice would you have for other companies who are trying to grow within the healthcare space? We all know how complicated the healthcare sector is, but what sort of advice would you have for them? I would say don't just build tech just for tech's sake. Really understand the problems that hospitals are going through, that if you just throw technology at them, they're not going to do it. So you're going to have to really coax them into showing them why this way is better in terms of healthcare technology. Do the best you can to solve their real problems and not what you think their problems are. So I think if you're going to go into healthcare technology, you really have to have that inside baseball knowledge. And if it's not you, then you need to hire people that have that knowledge. Otherwise, you're going to build a lot of features the wrong way. And that can cost, put you back not only years, but also millions of dollars. So be careful what you build and make sure it's solving a real problem in healthcare. Awesome. Just make sure you do your due diligence. Don't try to rush through just to create something, hoping people will buy. I think that's a perfect piece of advice. Excellent way to end this part of the segment, but we've been talking about a lot of high level things. I like to end each episode on a little lighter exercise with something I call the rapid fire round. So I'm just going to okay. ask you a set of questions and you give me whatever answer you come up with. Okay. So question number one, what is your favorite book of all time? I always quote the hard thing about hard things by Ben Horowitz. For any entrepreneur, it's a very good book to read whatever stage you're in, but mainly also if you're a little bit past the early stage. Every time I reread it, I learn more and it just basically inspires me to keep going and to know that everyone goes through hard times and that it's normal to, to go through very difficult periods in your startup and still come out on the other side. Awesome. Question number two, who is the most influential person in your life or career? 
That's such a hard question because there's so many influential people in various stages of my life. I would say most recently though, I I had a really great pep talk from Alina Antigua from Jeffrey's Bank, who just really gave me a pep talk about remembering where I've come from and having confidence to take this business to the next level. Something that I I really don't hear very often to say, hey, people will tell you, you can't do this, what you don't have any experience, but you have to believe, how did I do this then? And then you remember, hey, I did this, so I can do that and give yourself a pep talk and not let people tell you that, oh, you've never done that. You're not gonna be able to do that. Yeah, don't listen to the haters, block out the noise. (laughs) Number three, What is one goal you want to accomplish this year? Oh, I definitely use this personal, but I definitely want to get back in shape as in the last four (laughs) years. I've been really just sitting around and working so much. I think that you need to have a healthy lifestyle. And so I'd like to get back to exercising regularly, eating better, taking care of myself because you can actually run yourself to the ground as an entrepreneur, work to death. I used to quote this thing when I was working too much called karoshi. That means like in the, in Japanese, I'm not Japanese, but I'm Korean, but that term I was looking it up, it means death by work. Oh. <laughs> I didn't want to get to that point. And earlier this year, I started realizing that I needed to get back in shape and mentally it was going to be better for myself as well. Awesome. I really like that mind, body, and soul, get them all aligned. And then last but not least, what is one piece of advice you would give to your 20 year old self? I would say think outside of the box and that internships are really more important than schooling, that you need to be an avid self learner. And if you align yourself with really smart people in an industry that you love or want to pursue, you're going to get a lot farther doing that than taking a hundred courses at a college. So align yourself with really smart entrepreneurs in that field you want to go into and you will become successful. Awesome. Really just getting out of the books and into the trenches. (laughs) That's the best way to learn and grow. But I think that's a perfect piece of advice. Excellent way to end today's episode. Sheree, just want to thank you again for jumping on and sharing what you're doing over at Snap Nurse and how you're connecting nurses and healthcare professionals with hospitals in need. But before you go, where could people learn more about you? Learn more about Snap Nurse if they have any follow-up questions. Yeah, definitely our website, snapnurse.com. And of course, if anyone's interested in our phone number is 844-804-SNAP, and they can always call and talk to someone about jobs. Awesome. And I'll be sure to include all the links and stuff in the resources section. But that being said, that ends today's episode. Catch you guys on the next one.